Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast. And I am so excited because I have a super special guest. And she's someone that I've always been inspired by, to be honest with you. She's Naomi Amparo. Hey, Naomi. Hey. She, I should add Lambert into that. Naomi Amparo Lambert because she's married. <laughs> I love it. Great reminder. So... Naomi is my friend, and she's also my coaching client. We have worked together. She's also an amazing consultant for renewable energy. <laughs> she's a senior manager in a consulting company. And more than that, Naomi is a mom and a wife. I think we got to mention that, right? So how are you doing now? I'm great. Yes, actually, I just changed my last name last you year. You did it. I mean, okay, you're going to laugh because I haven't done mine I yet. know. It took me six years. So six years? Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, six months is not bad. No, I'm no, like, no, I'm no. so delayed. No, I, yeah, and I decided to change it. There's a story to that because it's actually part of coming back into the workforce after taking leave and like an identity Ooh, and rebranding myself. Really? So that's actually why I did it. But I was also have been married for six years. <laughs> I love that. Okay, I thought I was behind, but there is no like expiration for no, that. No, there right? isn't. You can do no. it whenever. You can do it whenever. And you kept yours, Amparo. Yeah, so because actually Amparo in Spanish means grace. So my name had always been a middle name. So people would say, Naomi Amparo, what? And I'm like, no, that's it. Amparo is my last name. That's the last name, yeah. Because Amparo is the name and people use it as a middle name. So I said, perfect. I'll move it over to middle name. <laughs> okay. I love that. So, so yeah. your middle name. That's what I'm planning that to do That is my too. middle name. Yeah. Like Borrego. I know that's not a common middle name, but I'm yeah. planning to put that in my middle name and then Crawford. Yeah. That because would be... of my business. Also, yeah, that is I true. Think. That is true. But no, you can do it at any time. Um, I didn't it's know It's just that. a lot of process and a lot of paperwork, which wow. hopefully by now it's gotten digital, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. That's why I've been delaying it because I know it's social security, all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks yes. for inviting me. <laughs> I'm so excited because Naomi, as I mentioned, is someone that I look up to since oh, we worked. You. We met in corporate. Yes. Oh my God. Back like, in 2015, maybe, or before? Before that. Or before that. Yeah. No, it was before that. It's so been we a long, met been there, a while. and she has always been such a leader in the Hispanic world, empowering women. Yeah. And when I was in corporate, I'm like, wow, <laughs> one day I want to be just like her. And like, seriously, <laughs> such a strong force in an amazing sense, empowering and always standing up for women. I had the pleasure of coaching you, which was an amazing yes. experience. I want this episode to focus on your transition, on your motherhood journey. Yes. 
even your transition like from before motherhood and after motherhood because you said it's an identity shift it's, yeah it's completely different and i talk to many coaching clients that they are going through similar struggles that the ones you yeah. have been going through in the past and even right now reinventing yourself is a yeah <laughs> long-term process uh, really i think you're always doing that <laughs> exactly so tell us before getting into that tell us more about yourself yeah, no, like I said, thanks thanks for having me, Janet. And yeah, we've probably known each other for 10 Since years forever. or more. <laughs> but in the previous company that you and I worked for, a super major company in the oil industry, we had were both involved in the Latino organization. Yeah. So yes, that's always been something that I've been part of and try to promote. And it's interesting because now that I reflect back on it, there, was, there were mothers, obviously, in that organization. And I don't think I ever appreciated their journeys. Of course back then when I was single and no children. So now actually it's even a little bit more, it's just more important to still be part of the promotion of Latinos in any organization. And then even beyond that, Latinos that are mothers or mothers in general. So that is definitely something that hopefully I can do at my new my new journey where I'm at right now. <laughs> I love that. And you're doing that already. Let's start with where were you born? What's your background? Because we want to know Naomi, the person too. Yeah, and that's actually really funny because everyone tells me that I look from all different areas. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I would say, people would say, where are you from? And I would say, I'm from Arizona. So my family, we were raised in a little tiny town, Yuma, Arizona, which is a border with Mexico. But then people would always say, no, but where are you really from? So I was like, are you talking about where I'm from because of the way I live? Yeah. And so I'm Mexican. And so, yeah, my family, yeah, they're from Guadalajara. And so I was actually born in California. So it gets even crazier. Oh, I, didn't, but I didn't remember that. Yeah, I was born in California. I never really lived there because I think at one or two years old, my family just ended up settling in Yuma, Arizona. So we were an agriculture family. And uh, my family, yeah, my father, and, and he was the one primarily working. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. We have six kids. So I'm number three of six kids. So I don't know how she did it. <laughs> Much respect for my mother as well now. Wow. And so, yeah, so I'm from a little town, went to college at Arizona State, did supply chain management, and then uh, from there came straight to work here in Houston. So big move as well, because you probably know coming from a Latino family, it's close-knit yeah. and you don't really branch out. And even actually, I remember a conversation my mother had with me. First, before going to college, I was going three hours away. And she was like, do you really need to do that? And I was like, yes, <laughs> wow. It is and so, so yeah, so then actually after college, and I was like, hey, I'm going to Houston. My mother, same thing, was like, "That's where's that again? That's really far. And But anyways, the point is that I've never been afraid of taking taking a challenge, taking a step, and and. I'll talk about that in the motherhood journey as well, because that's been a challenge in its own. I love it. And I love that you come from such humble beginnings and you are yeah. breaking also the pattern, right? The generational yes. pattern yes. that sometimes comes with being born Latin or any other yeah. minority. Maybe. So, I mean, I, I was the first person in my family and actually my extended family with cousins and everyone. I was the first person to go to college wow. and graduate from college. And I feel, I feel a bit of a pioneer and I know I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm actually proud yeah. of that because thereafter, a lot of cousins, all my siblings have gone to college and yeah, so I'm very glad that I, that I was able to step out and take that challenge because as I mentioned, being from a close-knit Latino family, 
my mother was asking, do you really have to go? And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> so it just kind of set the stage for the rest of my family to take those challenges as well. To take that leap. That's beautiful. So you went into the corporate world. I know yes. you climbed. She killed it. She climbed up. You climbed up the ladder so quick <laughs> in amazing ways. Everyone was like, wow. We were all looking up to you and, of course, still are. And you got pregnant. Tell us the transition before really getting yeah. pregnant and motherhood and after. How did that impact your life? So thank you, actually, about my career. Yes, actually, my career did move quite fast in the company we were in and upward. So I was taking on very big challenges very early on in my career. And it was just an approach, you know, I was applying an approach to my career, which is probably going to lead to some of the challenges I have with motherhood when we get there. But for me, it was always set, set a goal. And it's not necessarily a big goal to set it and then work towards it and then set the next one and set the next one. So it's stepping, stepping. And so with that, with expectations, I was always setting very high expectations for myself. And yeah, it paid off. And so I had a lot of responsibility, you can say, at a young age, and I was trekking along, trekking along, taking on the next challenge, taking on the next one. So actually, I was pregnant when, in 2018. And that was interesting because my husband was getting expatriated to India at that time. Yeah, I remember. And I was also going to go work in India with my previous employer. And so life happened and we were pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Were you expecting it or? Not really. Not I really. Love it. So, I love these stories. <laughs> yeah, I was not really expecting it to happen. But like I said, life happens. And at that time, I was very scared. I was actually very scared to say it at work because we were doing this process to move abroad for his company and also for mine. So I was scared. Yeah, so what that's was behind the behind that fear? What was the thinking <laughs> behind that fear? So actually, that's where the first challenge, I would say, comes. The challenge was the fear for me was that they're going to cancel my assignment. Yeah. You know, that was the fear that I was going to lose out on this opportunity after I had worked so hard to get to where I was. But then at the same time, when I would go back home, I would feel guilt. And this was pregnancy very early on in the pregnancy because I would say, it's great about my career, but also this is very exciting. It's, we had been married and... We actually did want to start a family. We just didn't know exactly the timing. Yeah. But then again, you can't really time life. It just happened. So I was feeling fear and guilt already from very early on in my pregnancy. Yeah. Okay, I waited. I waited the traditional, what they tell you, 12 weeks, first trimester. And then even then, I waited a little bit more. And then I finally mentioned it to my employer. Hey, I'm pregnant. Which actually, I'm going to give some kudos to the person that was my manager at the time because it was nothing that no fear whatsoever <laughs> the person was actually very supportive the person was okay that's great we'll still continue on with the process and, awesome. and i was like really <laughs> i think i was already <laughs> expecting something different like i said i'll give kudos and tons of credit for that person we definitely need more managers like that but just to continue on so we ended up moving to india but there was a twist in that whole journey because I ended up going not employed anymore. I shouldn't say not employed. I ended up going on a leave. And that's the second challenge that I had. Okay, announced the pregnancy. Everything was fine. But then through all these corporate procedures, there was an issue that because we were going to be living in India, I had to take a medication to prevent malaria, which I had taken that before. And once I reviewed it with my doctor, the 
answer was no way. Wow, <laughs> you incredible. can't take that. And that was required. And that was the requirement wow. of the assignment. So it again, life just happens in interesting ways, but the decision was put back on me to say this is a requirement and we really cannot change the policy. And even more, there's liability with that. And now there's there's another little human being in the picture. So the decision was, you know what, I'll take an early maternity leave and do that maternity leave half the baby and after the baby's born, obviously take the leave that's given anyway, and then come back to work in India. So that was the arrangement that I was going to take an early maternity leave and then finish out the pregnancy, have the baby, and then come back to work. So that's how we ended up going Incredible. to India. So. I went there on a leave of absence. Wow. Do you feel that there would have been, because that was a requirement, right? For whatever reason, do you feel there would have been another option to that? If you are in the company's like shoes, do you feel it could have been done differently or maybe something to consider or? Yeah. So at the moment, I really only saw those two things. Either I take the position and take this medication, but then obviously it's risky because yeah, we don't exactly. know the effects yeah. on our pregnancy, or take this early maternity leave. I didn't really see at that time other options. Now, in hindsight, and actually to seeing how progressive a lot of companies have been in the last few years, I do think actually there could have been another option. I do think that there could have been an exception. They could have probably even had me sign a liability waiver of some sort yeah, for me what, to release yeah. liability that I would be responsible yeah, for sense. my own health and things like that. So I think there could have been something done. But again, that's just in hindsight. No, and that's a great point. I didn't think of that. I thought of those two options. I remember you going through a process and I'm like, yeah. I'm glad you took that one. That's what I would Yes. And you know what, though? It was very difficult <laughs> yeah. because, I because I, yeah, we were taught, I was already 10 years in. Yeah. A little bit over 10 years. Yeah. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. You have worked hard. You're really good position. You have progressed yes. proportionally to the work that you have put. Yeah. You're pregnant, a new life, new priorities. And then this, I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine how hard that was for you. Yeah. So at that time, that's where the feeling of the guilt came in. And the barely the very early months of pregnancy, I can frankly say they were not enjoyable because I was feeling that guilt of, gosh, I've worked so hard. I've been regional manager, global manager now. And then this part of my life that I also really wanted is happening at the same time that my career I feel was propelling. Incredible. And now I have to make a decision. Incredible. <laughs> so it's like the fork in the road <laughs> and it was very hard. So I, I took the decision that obviously was the best decision for me. And also in hindsight, that's the best thing that I could have done. I love that. At the moment, I'm not gonna lie, I did cry. Yeah. When I was oh in India God, yeah. feeling, feeling like I made a mistake. I should have taken the medication. I should have continued I should maybe should have stayed back so I did I did have a processing you continued processing <laughs> yes, the whole thing I did <laughs> yeah and it's okay yeah We're human beings and it wasn't really until we got to India and it wasn't until I would say seven eight months into the pregnancy so I was almost almost there that I said okay Naomi just enjoy it I it's done you took a pause in your career it's okay just enjoy it I would also say there were a couple of ladies back again at this employer that I was at that said the same thing to me. And they were very successful women. And both of them had taken leave, not obviously the early maternity. I think I might have been one of the first ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you were the trailblazer again. You're yeah. like, let's go. But they had mentioned to me, 
you're never going to get that time back with your with your child. Yeah. And again, everything's in hindsight. Now I look back, I'm like, that was a silver lining, a blessing in disguise that I am so happy that I got to spend, and actually it ended up being two and a half years, that I got to spend two and a half years with my son. That's time, valuable time that I'll never get back. And it's time wow. that it's so important for a child's life where you set the foundation and I was there. It wasn't an easy ride, so we can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, we'll talk but about now that. It's, I'm so glad that I was able to do that. That's beautiful. Looking back into that, <clears throat> like I just imagine this fork where you have to choose career or really your yeah. family, your kid. Looking back, and we have always we always say there is a lesson in the every single challenge, there is a lesson. That thing is there from the universe to teach you <laughs> something. What was that lesson? Like looking back at yeah. because it was you were going like in the sky, like this happens. What a beautiful place that just fork. I yeah. can just picture it. And I like that you're talking about lessons because that's the one thing I learned from you. Yeah. Is that <laughs> there's lessons everywhere. And everywhere. you have to pause and we have a challenging thing. If something's maybe even going great at anything, there's a lesson in everything. So I really like that. I learned that from you. Okay. That. What was the lesson? We I talked about everything was a step for me. Okay, this go next. Minute, <laughs> yeah. And it was so quick. Everything had happened so quick. I really think the lesson from life, from the universe was, Naomi, slow down oh. and appreciate oh. life. Yeah. Slow oh, and by the way, down. here's a life that you could appreciate. <laughs> Here, okay, you're not doing it by yourself. Guess what? We are going to push you. Help you. you. Yeah. yeah, we're going to help you in the right direction. Exactly, exactly. Because so, would you have slowed down? No, I don't think <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would have. And I think if I would have kept doing that, I, there would have been a burnout at some point. Uh, yeah. there, there would have, <laughs> no doubt about it. So yeah, so I really do think the lesson was slow down, appreciate you know what you've accomplished, appreciate life, and just enjoy, enjoy it. But don't rush, rushing through everything. Yeah, achieving, 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 and then not being more of. Yes, exactly. Wanted to win. Exactly. I love that so much. Uh, so you got to India. What happened after that? Because it's a new country. You're pregnant. Again, yeah. you're like faced with a lot of uncertainty in some way. Yeah. How was the pregnancy? You gave birth. What happened afterwards? Actually, the birth was very traumatic. I'm going to say that. And that's what... That's another challenge that kind of yeah. spiraled out of control. But we got to India... I did spend, like I said, a few days of crying because I was having that identity shock of I should be, uh, this is why, this is how my day where I would wake up and it's like, I should be getting on online and yeah, <laughs> checking my email, doing something. And it was like, I just felt really anxious. Like I needed to be busy. That was the thing. I needed to be busy. Well, what am I doing? Like, oh no, but I don't have, I, I don't have a deadline. I don't have a report. I don't have a presentation. So then I started actually getting more involved into reading and actually being in India, yoga. Yeah. So that was great. But the medical aspect of that was very scary. So very different medical standards. So that's why I'm saying that the birth was very traumatic. And just to share here candidly was we had prepared everything for a natural birth. And I should also mention that my husband and I were big triathletes. And before we were pregnant, we had just finished doing an Ironman. So both him and I, we were what we consider ourselves in tip-top healthy. And my pregnancy was no complications, very healthy pregnancy. So we were really planning this birth and we had a birth plan. We had practice. We had gone to these yoga classes. We had 
done kind of the checklist item of preparing everything for an outcome. And then that outcome didn't come. Wow. The outcome was we had an emergency C-section that in reality was not really an emergency. This is where the trauma came in. It was really forced on me, on, on us, I should say. And part of that, I mean, to closure with what had happened. So we had this expectation of this outcome and I feel the choice was taken away from us. And again, everything's in hindsight. I think looking back at it, it probably was the best thing that could have happened anyway, yeah, being in a foreign that. country and we have a healthy, beautiful child. And we don't know that what if something could have happened if, if we didn't have this emergency C-section. But anyway, the fact that it, I, at that time you I felt it was forced, yeah. yeah, forced and not giving enough time to let nature do its thing. It was just, you're getting forced into this. That really sent me into this whole downward spiral of to start it with depression. And I actually, at some point, one of the doctors I had seen was like, you may have some mild PTSD. And I'm like, what? <laughs> From the birth, birth. experience, wow. because it was very traumatic with the, the way that it evolved. So yeah, so I'm, I would say um, up until five months, that was the transition time. That was difficult identity shock. Then around seven months, finally enjoying it. And then after the birth or during the labor and after birth was just complete a chaos with wow. what happened. So the birth happened. How did you realize? When was the moment that you were like, I'm depressed, like I am just really struggling? Yeah, that's interesting. So I had also communicated with other moms and everyone had mentioned baby blues that happens like a few days after you give birth or two weeks after that. So the baby blues, you're tired, you're crying. And some of that is you're either happy tears, you're looking at this beautiful human yeah. being and you're excited, but you're crying. And, but then at the same time, you're feeling overwhelmed that you have this huge, immense responsibility in your hands. And so I had heard, hey, that's normal. It's the baby blues. Okay, I had that. And then two weeks went by and I still had that. <laughs> A month, two months, three months. And I was just still feeling very overwhelmed, still very tired, obviously, which is the tiredness yeah, is, is, normal. is normal. Yeah, you're waking up at crazy hours during the night. But it was the feeling of overwhelmed and not having any enjoyment whatsoever with this whole experience. And actually, I knew something was off because I was so looking forward once I got over the whole career pause and again, going in India and getting on yoga and all that. I was so excited for it that now that it's here, this change and this motherhood, I was not excited anymore. So it actually took one of the pediatricians and it was a pediatrician in India who asked me a few questions and we were talking, I think it was like at the three month mark. And she said, you have depression, you have postpartum depression. And actually she was the same one, that's why I said PTSD. She was the same one that later on, she was like, I actually think you might even I'll have mild. more to that, <laughs> to that yeah. diagnosis there. And it was wow. just the questions like she had asked me, are you happy? Like simple things like that. When you wake up in the morning, what do you think about? I'm taking a shower, things yeah. like that. And actually the first session with her, and we were going in for my son, but the session turned to me. She actually wrote a prescription and she said, I want you to take a shower <laughs> and feel the hot water <laughs> and just feel. That's what I want you to just feel. Like, okay. Like mindfulness, being present, <laughs> being there. Right. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, you're yeah, right. Exactly fun. what she was doing. So that's, I knew something was off. I knew something was off. Like I said, I was not enjoying the process. I was not enjoying my new role. Just this extreme overwhelmed feeling, the fatigue. And yeah, I still had 
crying sessions throughout the whole process. Yeah. And it was for little things. For Sometimes my husband would try to get me to smile. That's another thing, the non, no smile. And he would mention, hey, just think about when we go to the snow for the first time with our son. And instead of getting excited and smiling, I would actually, that would make me so sad to think about this experience that I probably was not going to enjoy. And why would I even think yeah, that? Yeah, that is yeah. something that I would enjoy. When you're there in that state, it's just hard to yeah. see the light. It's just, in, yes. mean, yeah, you're deep. Did you, like, how was your relationships with, like, other moms or other people? Did you ever compare yourself, like, oh, my God, they are <laughs> enjoying? And I'm asking you yeah. this because I actually, before coming into the session, I asked a couple of people, hey, what questions will you ask people that have been in similar situations? Yeah, yeah. And something that they mentioned is, like, comparing themselves and feeling, oh, my God, they are, like, it's so easy for them when yes. they're enjoying the yeah. whole experience, and I'm here, like, feeling bad about feeling bad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did compare myself. And actually, even back to the pregnancy, I would say a lot of my friends that have already be became mothers, they had recommended books to me. I was reading all these books, and I actually would say that's probably where these expectations started, that these expectations were not met later, which contributed to this feeling in this glut. So that the first thing is I was reading these books, setting expectations from what these books said about being a mom, having a happy child, having a great labor. Everything <laughs> you know, has to be great. All these expectations uh -huh. that I said, okay, that's I need to do that, or that needs to be me. Then life happens, your baby's here, and none of that is happening. None of the things that the book said <laughs> are happening. Like one of the things that I always remember, this checklist that you do in your mind to make sure you have a happy child. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, did you swaddle the baby? Okay, did you change their diaper? Did you feed them? Did you burp them? Did you change their temperature? Did you, all this, like a checklist of things. And in the book, it said, after you've done all that, just do this and shush them a little bit, and they should be fast asleep. None of that worked. <laughs> oh my God. I've I mean, I, this one before. I did like, the nope. checklist. Yeah, I did the checklist, everything, blah, blah, blah. Baby's still crying. I continued it, baby's still crying. Oh my God, then that's like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? I'm being bad. Oh my God, I'm not a good mom. Like, it's not working. So, yeah, it must be me. Exactly. It must be me. Because if the book says, you know, that's what's supposed not to work worked, and it's not yeah. working, then it's me. Then something's wrong with me. <laughs> and so, that's I, the books are setting the expectations. But then thereafter, the comparison with moms, yeah, totally, I did that. And that also led to just not being able to get out of this downward spiral that I was in because I would see other mothers and they would be happy and well at least that's what they showed and they were enjoying their child and oh motherhood is great and the best thing that could happen to me and there I was listening to this and I was thinking okay it's totally me it's me I was going to actually mother support groups in yeah. India so when we were in India with the expat community, there were mother support groups and I befriended quite a few people there and we would have these discussions and and they were great because obviously you're having the support. But at the same time, I think that they were hurtful and that that it actually led to more comparison because I never really heard anyone else talk about depression during those sessions. Incredible. I didn't. Really? No, I didn't. And I think that's part of the problem. I actually do think that women go through these issues or have challenges, but they're in silent. They're too afraid to speak up about it. And I'm so happy that you are here to speak up because I know it's vulnerable. Yeah. 
and I want to commend you for even sharing this experience. Thank you, Janet. Seriously, I mean it. You're courageous and you're bold because you're showing up here and just sharing this. And I've heard many stories, right, of people that I know who have gone through the same journey. And again, like, I don't hear about this enough. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why... Naomi and I, we need to make an episode about this because <laughs> yeah. let's break the pattern of not talking about these things because they do happen and they are yes. more common yeah. than what people may think. I completely agree. I yeah. completely agree. And yeah, and so that's why I was saying you in these support groups, I don't remember anyone talking about no postpartum depression. Group, know. Wow. In a mother's incredible. support group. Yeah. <laughs> so it's even, well, and so therefore I was also just thinking to myself, then it definitely is just me. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably, yeah. and I would, I would go online obviously and read on Google and you know, actually, I'm going to admit to this when I was reading, what actually helped a little bit was some celebrities have actually come forward uh, yeah. and they have been vocalized postpartum depression and they're trying to break this stigma of postpartum depression. And I actually found calm in that and comfort in that these women that are famous celebrities are putting themselves out there. Then there are other people who are having this and it's not just me. The interesting though is I wasn't hearing, you can say the common mom, the not the celebrity mom, the moms, the majority of the moms. I didn't hear it from them. Yeah, um, that's so just, I still think there's something to be done there. To there is bring much that to more light. to be done. Yeah. We need to share more our stories because yeah. It yeah. is true. That's why one of my purposes of doing this podcast to mm-hmm. share stories of people just like me in this level. Yeah. We are just <laughs> common human beings. Not that celebrities are not common, but they yeah. are like up there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm like, we need yeah. more stories. Yeah. And I would say the other thing, because I was reflecting back when you asked me to talk about this, I was reflecting back at what led, like what led to all of this. And it's part of life. Okay. Yeah. And that's totally. the first thing. <laughs> But the other thing is when I look back at my career and always being so career driven and actually now I'm I'm back in my career, I actually realized that you can say type A personality, whatever, all that. I would say having very high expectations, being so goal oriented, trying to always perfect in that decade when I was building my career. Actually, I was trying to apply that same philosophy to motherhood. Like the checklist. Okay, exactly. I follow the stops. Like exactly. I follow this. Why is yeah. it not working? Or trying to, I, at some point, I followed this book that I'm not happy about. <laughs> was about setting at three months old, like a schedule. <laughs> and apparently some women do that, or that's what the book said. And I'm looking at this book and I'm like, I don't trust anything that book said. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. It's like a schedule at three months old. How in the world? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the point was that from my career, the way I approached my professional life was pretty much almost a disaster if I was going to use the same approach for my motherhood life. That's There's no one. way yeah. that I can expect it's pretty much be perfect. As a mom, that's you can't do that. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. It's going to be messy. Exactly. And setting these expectations for this little human being and expecting them to meet it, that's unrealistic. That's putting them <laughs> in a box, right? <laughs> you should behave this way when I do this. And, and it's just... Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's a good word. I'm predictable. <laughs> 
babyhood is unpredictable. <laughs> it is because you, adults are unpredictable. I cannot yeah. imagine a baby and you getting to know this baby, how it works. I'm not a mom yet, but it's a big shift. Yeah, no, it's completely true. So that's why I think the fact that I was having this approach and trying to apply that approach to, it was really a new career. My new career was raising this human being yeah. and Correct. trying to apply that that could not work. I needed a new formula. I needed a new model. I needed something new. But because I was trying to fit that in, then things were not working and I was not getting the results that I was supposed to be getting from what these books said, from what these moms said. And so therefore, the only bad thing in the whole situation was me. That's how I looked at it. You didn't fit the formula that everyone else was using, of course. Exactly. <laughs> that all the happy moms were using. Yeah, exactly. So that's part of, I feel like, careerhood and motherhood hit. <laughs> and it makes sense because how you op you're one person. So how you operate in one area, usually you operate in the other ones. Yeah. Because it's the same pattern running the different contexts. So it makes perfect sense. How was your healing journey? Yeah. You were like deep in depression. Yeah. 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 And you were still in India. Yes. Yeah, so we were still in India and actually then COVID started. So that didn't help in either. March, um, around March. Yeah, March of 2020. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it was like just on like COVID. What is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but our whole expatriate assignment was from October 2018 to December of 2020. So we did have, well, from March to December 2020 of COVID. Okay, my I knew something was not working. We had my, so my husband's French and we had gone to France when my son was around six months. And that's when I started talking to a therapist because I was the one who was tired of it. That's another thing that I think started the healing process was, this was not me. I would look at myself in the mirror and say, this is not you. You are happy and energetic and go-getter. And you know, you're excited about things. You did triathlons, you did an Ironman. <laughs> Super driven, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I would, I would look at myself and I was like, this is not you. So it just was born out of like a natural, Maybe also life, like Naomi snap out of it. Or yeah, Naomi your intuition get... was talking to you. Like exactly, the about intuition. Yeah. yeah, the gut feeling was something is not right. This is not you. You need help. Yeah. And so I seeked help. When we were in France and he was around six months, I started talking to a therapist. And that helped because at least it started the venting process, of you know, and, and the healing process of having had this traumatic experience as well with labor. That was a healing part of it, too, of just being able to talk about it and really just vent. So that was it. But when we went back to India, I felt better, but I was not 100%. I still knew that something was, I needed more. So yeah, like I started exercising again. I started venturing out. We did a few trips when we were over there. And that, that was all part of the healing process was starting to get my life back, you can say, or, or yeah. my identity back. So that happened. But then COVID hit. <laughs> And then COVID hit with all the isolation and not able to go out and all that. I think everything started coming back. So I knew that even though I had done that therapy session, it had not addressed the root causes. Yeah, I yeah. think it was more like a band-aid to the main, the rooted depression that was happening. So fast forward, we came back to the States at the end of 2020. And then I was like, I need, I still need more help. So I, I reached out again to a person here in Houston and did a few sessions with that person, still same talking therapy and going through it. But I still felt like it was not enough. Like I still didn't feel 100%, yeah. you can say. 
And it was really in, in 2021, I think it was May of 2021, <laughs> I should say something interesting happened during that time frame. And that time frame is I actually we me and my previous company, remember, I've been on leave this whole time. That is true. Let's resume the story yes. because this is it has different climax. It's, it's like <laughs> been down. You are right. You were on leave. You came back. Yeah. I'm still an inactive employee because you're on leave. Yeah. So then we actually I skipped over that part. So yeah. that story was when my son was born and you do the normal leave that the company was offering you. I did get a request to say, which that was the original plan was once the baby's born and you do the leave, you come back to work. And I did get a request of communication to say, hey, are you ready to come back to work? And this is when I was right in the middle of this postpartum depression, downward spiral, not feeling whatsoever. And I was like, no way, I cannot go back to work in this state of mind. And not only that, but we were still in India, so I couldn't even think of childcare, who am I going to leave my son with? Yeah, um, I don't know anyone. I don't have any family. The trust aspect. So I said, I, I can't go back. So again, same thing, giving a lot of credit back to the manager at this point, but I was giving another leave of another leave of absence, but this time it was no longer maternity related. It was just a personal leave of absence yeah. for another year. So that's where another year came from. Amazing. So then, okay, so then I continued the leave of absence and so fast forward 2021, I'm supposed to return back to work. And actually at that time, COVID had already happened. There was a lot of companies obviously suffered a lot of issues during COVID. And so same thing with our employer, they went through some layoffs and things like that. But I was not impacted because I was actually not an active employee at the time. But when I was supposed to come back, yeah, the alignment was no longer. I was coming back as a mother. And when I reflected back on the position, you know, that whole upward trend and all this, yeah, it was no longer a fit. And so we parted ways. Amazing. But that was hard. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. Here's the thing, something that I've noticed even in this conversation, and I've heard parts of this story already, mm -hmm. is how you honored your own input, how you honored your intuition, even in the times where the yeah. ego was like, no, Naomi, that's dangerous because the ego is always going to make you yeah. step back into compared to what your intuition is saying. And I love that every time of the process, every decision that I hear is like she went with her gut at the end of the but day. But I didn't know the well, name no, exactly. No. I don't know. I just knew it wasn't, it no longer felt right. Yeah. So that is the intuition. That's, yeah, intuition. that's intuition. So yeah, so we parted ways. And then I started, I pivoted my career into something completely different. And then that's when, so while I was pivoting my career, getting back into the workforce, this time with a toddler, and really it's a new Naomi. That was difficult in its own, but there was a, at some point, it was around May timeframe, at some point there, I was still not completely healed from having, even having done those therapy sessions. And that's where I knew I needed something else. Yeah, yeah. And I said, wait, I have a friend. <laughs> I need to reach out. <laughs> and that's where you came in. And I've learned so many things because it was actually different. I feel that our sessions address the root cause. Yeah, that was the first thing, the breakthrough is, Naomi, let's go deep because yeah. we got to find the thing and release it. Yeah. 
not only talk about it, which therapy is incredibly helpful whenever you're really into the trauma at the beginning, because coaching is a lot of action. Yes. So yeah. in a way, you also got to be like more stabilized, which you were, you had done some healing already, but there was lingering. Mm -hmm. The root cause wasn't taken care of. And yes. then we did it. Exactly. Yeah. How do you feel after the break? No, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> that is after five hours. No, yes, yes. Sick. But, you know, it was learning about myself that I had never done before. I love Because that. you're going deep. You're going and deep. And peeling back the layers. And and I've heard so much about this now. And I'm really into Wayne Dyer, which you know, oh, I mentioned Oh, we love that. Wayne Dyer. Best <laughs> spiritual teacher yes, ever. Yes, I, I listen to his, to his motivational speeches whenever I'm in the car on a long car ride. He's so good. <laughs> but what I like about that is that everything comes from within. The inside. That's yeah. it. And you're internally, that's the real you. And all these other layers that you put on top is the stresses from daily life, the expectations, expectations from yes. books, from other people. So you start covering the real you with all these layers. And I feel with the program that I went through with you was peeling those layers back and finding the real Naomi. Yeah, I'm facing um, it because you gotta, whenever yeah. you get there, you gotta be able to face that and say, yes, I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. And if you wouldn't, you were ready. If not, you wouldn't have reached out. If not, you wouldn't have known something yeah. was missing. That, I was ready. I was just you tired of it. Ready. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was ready because I was tired. You're like, of I don't know what this is. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> this breakthrough, this NLP thing. I don't know, but I need yeah. something different. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I would say same thing, just reflecting back at what worked in the healing process. And okay, those initial therapy sessions, that helped to vent. Set the stage. Yeah, exactly. Set the stage, vent out. But actually what really worked thereafter, after going through with, with you and working with you in the program was consistency. And, oh my God, we need consistent action, action. Little action. Yeah, exactly. You do little things. And, oh my gosh, just thinking back, it's Naomi. You had always done that in your career. Why are you... <laughs> <laughs> you had the formula there yeah, already. Yeah, I just strategy. had to tweak it. You had to tweak it. Yeah, I had to tweak it for motherhood and actually marrying these two these two stages of my life together. And so it was the consistency. It was the being consistent with the actions that we were working on. Yeah, week, action, <laughs> homework, and then we, and sometimes sometimes. People may be like, oh my God, every week I have homework. But it's homework that a lot of times you are the one also like deciding that homework for you to take action to right. really get to that goal. So the whole yeah. purpose is making you succeed, making you get to that goal, whatever that goal is, because it is within you. You have the resources. It's yeah. making you more resourceful. Okay, I think so you just reminded me of the second thing, which is accountability. Oh my God. That's yes. exactly what that's, you're talking about. That's huge coaching, accountability. Yeah. And what I love about the coaching process and Naomi is passionate about Montessori. <laughs> yes. That style, which I love the whole presupposition of all of these processes really is that the individual has already the answers within, within. themselves. Yes. They just need guidance on how to find it. But at the yeah. end of the day, is that maybe I ask a guide, I ask the right questions, the right skills, tool. And at the end of the day, it's like helping you navigate yourself. That's what coaching is. I actually saw you yeah. and I see you as my Sherpa. 
Oh my you know? god! Oh my god! Okay, I'm gonna cry here. You're so sweet. No, I really do. And actually, when I when thinking about it, I think everyone needs a sherpa. Needs it. Everyone needs it. Coaches need it. Therapists need it. We all need it. You need, like you said, you were asking the right questions that yeah. we ourselves we can't ask the right questions to ourselves. We all have blind spots. Exactly. We all and、know. we have those layers, so it's、yeah. hard to ask ourselves the, the right questions. But、yeah. your sherpa can. Yeah. And so、oh, I see it.、Uh, We navigate my summit, my summit, and I'm so, so honored. Because, yeah. No, thank like, you, Jenny. Tr- and thank you, the trust that you put on me. Because I am committed, and I want to see you succeed. And、yeah. there is this huge trust element, and this faith and hope that things will work out. Yeah,、Always. and you mentioned Montessori, so let me actually let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. let me talk about. Because I learned this from you as well. It is looking back, reflecting back, lessons. Capture the lessons. I think us going to India was meant to happen. Why? Because look, it gave me time with my son. Like I said, two and a half years of valuable time. That okay? Granted, because I was in this deep, dark stage at that time, I may not have enjoyed it at that time. But now I appreciate having spent that time with my son.、Incredible. I really do. So that's the first thing. I know this trip to India, this living abroad, was meant to happen. Second thing, I discovered Montessori in India at the six months. Yes, when my son was six months, after having been in France and done the initial therapy sessions, when I, we went back to India, I discovered Montessori during that time. Wow! And guess where I discovered it? So I mentioned the mothers group. That in the first six months I didn't feel or I didn't see the help. I was just comparing myself. But actually, when I we went back and I went back to the mothers group too, and one of the sessions they were talking about Montessori. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. So it's like now looking back, I just feel like everything was lining up. All the dots connect. When yeah, you look back, exactly. Like, yep, I needed that. Get it? Got it? Yes, exactly. So that's where I discovered Montessori in India with these mothers group at six months, and then ever since then, reading about it, getting my entry level certification on Montessori. You have done、um, so many things in that area. Yeah, I'm just I love、excited. it. It's so I really think this whole experience of living abroad. Had a purpose, and no, even though it was traumatic, and even though I, I went through this postpartum depression, now I've overcome it. I have. When I'm not gonna say the journey was easy or the journey is easy now, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that because we're every day is a lesson. Every day there's something to、yeah, learn and grow and appreciate. But yeah, the things that I'm thankful for is look, I I spent time with my son. I learned about Montessori. I met all these moms that I'm still connected with. It was just a lot of Great things that came up from that experience. That's beautiful. I'm so happy for you, and I've seen you grow and everything that you're being more than accomplishing. Everything that you're being, which is at the core of every accomplishment, is just、Thank、so inspiring、you. for me. Also, <laughs> so I'm just honored. And so, as we conclude, Naomi, let's assume there is someone really struggling with postpartum depression. What would you say to that person, or maybe what would you have needed to hear at that moment when you were going through that postpartum depression? Yeah, if if I can go back and talk to Naomi、yeah. back at that time, the first thing I would actually say is, Naomi, it's okay. It's temporary. It's powerful. It's temporary. You will get through this. You don't see it now, but you will get through this. And that's the first thing I would say. It's temporary. 
Because I would have actually calmed the expectations a little bit. My end to it. Exactly. There's a light. And I, when you're in that stage, you don't see that light. So if someone could have said that, there is a light and it's okay. If this is part of life, we'll get through it. That would have been very helpful for me at that point. Um, the second thing I would say is, Naomi, look inside yourself. Close your eyes, which I never did during that whole time that I was in that postpartum really bad cloud over my head. I never took the time to sit and close my eyes and look within myself. I never did that. And I really don't know why. <laughs> you were in this doing energy. Yeah, I was in this trying to make my trying to make better. If, it was, if it's my fault because I thought it was my fault, I was trying to make it better. Always trying to be busy with trying to be perfect or trying to Distracting recover. yourself from facing the pain that Ex you were feeling at that Ex moment. Exactly. So that's that would be the second thing is, you know what? Just close your eyes for a bit. Let's do some breathing and look within yourself. That's beautiful. Because I would have actually just calmed the waters down. <laughs> Yeah, it is proven even your nervous system, everything, just allowing yourself to be. Exactly. And the third thing I would say is, I would say, Naomi, you love yourself. You really do. Because I, I wish someone could have said that to me. Because I say when I looked at myself in the mirror and I would say, that's not you. But there was always never an appreciation of who I was. I was always just beating myself down and saying, you weren't able to sleep your baby, you weren't able to do this, you weren't able to do that. And I was just beating myself down. So I was even my worst enemy at that time. And wow. I wish someone could actually just say that, you know, I mean, you actually do love yourself. Look at all the great things that you're doing I and agree. pointed that out. So yeah, so I would say those are the kind of the three main things. And obviously thereafter, which is what I mentioned to you, is one, if you're able to find that internal motivation which I did after many months and after already two therapy sessions, was get help. Get help. Ask for help. We all need help. Yeah. Not because we are asking for help means that we are not enough to do it ourselves. We know we can do it. Yeah, exactly. We just need that extra help to go to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. I'm so honored. I'm well, so for having me. <laughs> I, like I said, I really hope that this candid discussion can help a mother out. I do know it's very difficult when you're in a career and that adds that extra layer of maybe I can't say this. Like I mentioned, I was even not even vocalizing my pregnancy. But now I would say, you know what, let's break those barriers. Let's come out and talk about it and share experiences and hope that it helps someone else. That's beautiful and show up authentically. That's what we are here for. We are here for ourselves and for everyone else to up-level, like exactly. we up-level each other, like the whole community of women and everyone else, because dads, even though they don't go through the biological change, they are there with us. Exactly. Like yeah. It's so important to keep everyone informed. Exactly. So Agreed. I appreciate you so much now. Oh, Again, thank you. Thank you so much. If someone wants to connect with you, do they connect via LinkedIn or if they want just social media? I'm on LinkedIn and I would say that's the place <laughs> to go. And you're even going to see on LinkedIn that I am very forward about my maternity leave of absence. I have it right there so people oh know my I God, took time yes. off. <laughs> I know that's another thing. A lot of women don't like to put that they were off for family or maternity breaking the barriers down on that so you'll see it right there 
<laughs> you are like nothing to hide, living with integrity here. Exactly. Because I think people need to get used to seeing that more of that. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank so you they can connect on me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. Naomi and Paro Lambert. We are going to put it there. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here. I appreciate you so much and I love you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful or you know someone that may benefit from it, please share it with friends, family, everyone, the whole community. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.